Oh, we are so glad you guys are here this morning. Thank you guys. Oh man, it is so good. Amen. Don't you feel like you could run through a brick wall right now? If God is for us, who can be against us? Whew. Man, that's so good. Thank you guys for being here today. Those of you watching online, we welcome you to 1910 Church. We're saving a seat for you. We'd love to have you if you're ever in the area to stop by and say hi. I'm telling you, you're going to be greeted by some of the best people in all of uh, the hill country. And uh, we love people. Last time we checked and read the Bible, God loves people too. And because we are people of God, guess what? We're going to love people. Amen. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Yeah, amen. We ought to pass an offering plate right now and just go home and be good. Amen. Hey, Ron, how you doing this morning? I love that smile, brother. Amen. Hey, listen, we're going to continue today. And there have been a lot of things going on, announcements made from Vision Day next Sunday to disaster relief efforts. Listen, if you're confused with any of that, with all the exciting things that God is doing, stop by our connections desk today. If you want to find a way to get connected to a group, man, Jen had me when she said golf. Amen. I mean, I tell you, when just find we got running groups. Those of you that like to run, I don't get that one, but some of y'all are weird like that. I get that. Amen. I like top golf where they bring food to you. Amen. You can swing one time and then eat a filled donut hole with goo or something. That's my kind of kind of golf right now. Amen. Hey, today we want to wrap up this series entitled Let's Talk. We've been on a journey getting back to the art of conversation. It's been a series that, that deals with technology, and technology is a good thing, isn't it? But my fear is that technology is also causing some harm and, and destruction when it comes to relationships, and that we've become a culture that has become too dependent on an emoji or a quick text message or limited characters in a note that we send somebody, even now on email. Even now on email, you don't have to write a response. You can click on one of the boxes that it offers at the bottom and just click that and, and fire it off, right? So technology is awesome, but my fear is that it's causing some harm when it comes to relationships. Anybody relate to what I'm talking about today? So we've been talking about let's talk and getting back to the art of conversation. I need to let you know about today's sermon. Today's sermon is, is kind of a, it, it, it's an audible um, this is not the message that I had for you when, when we set out on this journey weeks ago. I had a message today. I was going to talk about Saul's conversion with the word of the Lord speaking to him and blinding light and all that and, and relate that to God still speaks to us today and calling some of you to say yes to Jesus for the very first time in which we pray that that would still happen. But I'm telling you, through a conversation and through the events of this week, the Lord has called an audible with today's message. Now listen, from a human standpoint, from a fleshly standpoint, that concerns me a little bit because most of the time I write a message and I let it simmer. I let it kind of sit in the crock pot and kind of get, get a little bit better. Amen? Today's sermon is going to be more of a microwave message. It came to me Friday and all day yesterday as I was watching college football. It had a great day yesterday. Come on. Some of your teams won. Some of your, our teams lost. That's okay. Um, there's always next week. So, but the, I believe that this is of God. And here's, here's what I've come to find out. If, if, if God's in it, that's probably the best way to go. Amen? And so I'm not worried about it because I believe that God's got a word and he's going to speak it to us this morning. But can we just pray first? Anybody afraid of prayer? No. Anybody need to pray more? We all do. Let's just pray and ask God to God this time. Father, thank you for being with us. You are the lion and the lamb. And God, you love us. Father, you're fighting our battles. That's so comforting to know that you've got this and you've got us. 
And that uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? There's nothing that can separate us from your love. God, there's just so many promises through the songs that we sang today. So good. Thank you, Father. You are good. And you're never going to let us down, ever. We thank you for that. Holy Spirit, continue to move in a mighty way during this time. Lord, as we open up your word and, 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 and receive from you, Lord, we know that you've got something incredible you want to accomplish during this time right now. So, Father, would you illuminate truth today? And, and, and I pray that it would change us. Anybody want to be changed by the word of God today? Look, we're, 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 here not, we're here for change, God. So I, I'm praying that maybe even if we've looked at this time and time again or we've heard, Lord, I'm praying that somehow today, Holy Spirit, you would move in such a way that you would just change who we are as a result of, of, of opening your word and listening to it again. We love you, Lord. Pray that you'd be honored and glorified in this moment. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Technology has changed so many things in our culture. One of the major things that it's changed is the way that we do research and we study. How many of you remember the days of something called an Encyclopedia Britannica? Come on, somebody. Anybody remember the day of the door-to-door salesman that sold Encyclopedia Britannicas? I grew up in a home and we had Encyclopedia Britannicas. They, 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 they were prominent books in our living room. Uh, I, I couldn't watch TV without glaring and seeing these, these, these books. They were white with a green spine and gold lettering and the pages were laced in gold. I knew that that was some sort of anointed book, amen? That wasn't just some coloring book. It wasn't just some Sports Illustrated laying on a coffee table. Oh no, oh no. These books look differently. And, and, and within the contents of these books was so much information. Now, I would like to stand here today and profess to you that I used quite often those Encyclopedia Britannicas. But in reality, I didn't. And you guys probably can tell because of the way that I communicate with you on a weekly basis here. Amen. But don't you just like, you see those, and, 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 and younger culture uh, generation doesn't understand that, right? That, that, that was the sole source besides your mom and dad for, for information. That when it came time to, to have to, to do those things that were, I thought back in the day, of the devil, when, when, when we were asked to write a research paper, it was those books laced in gold oh, that you would turn to to find out what a people group in Papua New Guinea were like, to find out what the circumference of the globe was, to find the migration habits of a Canada goose. You, you looked in those books and they were just filled. Weren't those the good days? And if that wasn't enough, do you ever remember going to, to the library? Anybody, anybody relate to the Dewey Decimal System with me today? Come on, somebody. Woo! You see, some younger people say, what did he just say? Is that even real? It is. But that was our research. When we wanted to find out what something was like, we turned to, in 1996 is really when Encyclopedia Britannica closed its doors down. In fact, I was able to find an article from, from 2012 from, from, from a gentleman that, 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 that sold books for 60 years. On a good week, he would clear about $500 to $600 profit selling those books door to door. Amen? But they're gone. They're, they're extinct these days. In fact, anybody still have Encyclopedia Britannicus? You do? 
that is awesome. The Wallers. That's why I like you guys. Y'all are good folk. Salt of the earth right there. You see, times have changed. Technology's changed. See, in 1996, with the boom of the technology and, and digital age, so many things changed, especially when it came to not only conversation, but when it comes to the way we study, right? These days, if you don't know how to do something, you don't know how to fix a leaky faucet, if, if you don't know how to make eggs benedict, if, if you don't know, you just, what? You Google it. Just Google it. My kids ask me questions all the time. I don't know, just Google it. Here's the, I really do know, because I know some stuff. I just don't want to tell them. No, I'm lazy. And we just Google, don't we? And, and, and here's what, you know that when you Google something, you can find anything on the internet, right? I mean, Google, that search engine that, that, that will tell you some, anything you want to know about someone or, or, or something. I mean, it is absolutely at your fingertips. Your fingertips. No Encyclopedia Britannica needed. No librarian to help you find your way. Just Google it and it's there for you right at your fingertips. I looked up Google to see what some of their top searches were in, in this day and age. You know, when I was trying to figure out how to, how to build a volcano for a science fair project or whatever back in the day and looking through, you know, you can Google it easily today. Today, they say that, 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 that YouTube and Facebook and Amazon are some of those top things that people Google in our culture today, right? right? And even more specific, I said, but what are some of the specific things that people might be searching when, when they get online? This is interesting to me. The, the, the number one search in, in, in March of this year was the Komodo Dragon Preserve. <laughs> number two was Samurai Jack Season 5, Episode 3. And, and then just a little bit down from that was Brad's wife. No wonder our culture is jacked up. You know, that's what we're looking at. Komodo Dragon Preserve. What difference does that make? You know, but we're looking. And if we're, we, we, we just believe if I just want to figure, I can become an expert at anything. I can just Google it and I can, Google is a good thing, right? But I'm telling you, it's not the real thing. I want to I wanna share with you this, this week something that really messed me up and really what, 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 what caused, I believe, God used to kind of cause a, an audible in our, in our time of, of study today. In relation to all the events that are going on, by the way, shout out to Pastor Robert Chester for coordinating all of our efforts and getting all of that organized and ready for us and doing a great job there. And it's fluid and it's always going to be changing, so continue to pray for us. But in the light of all the events happening, I had a conversation with a gentleman in our, in our town this week that, 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 that I'm telling you, it was one of those conversations that, 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 that guys in my position, we love these types of conversations. We, we get all sorts of, con but I love this type of conversation. I was visiting with a gentleman, just kind of, you know, he, he, he had been in a, a rough spot, but now he's in a good spot, kind of coming out of it. And he made this comment. He said, I just, I just wish I knew what God was like. Oh, man, I like that. I can, I can go with that, right? Don't, don't ask me about the stock market because I don't have a clue. But, but this, I just wish I knew what God, is God mad at me? And, and, and does God like me? And I said, and I said hey, well, 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 what do you know about God? He said, well, I, you know, I went to, to church growing up as a kid. I'll be honest with you, though. I, I didn't really pay attention and listen. I said, okay, so you're like most of the people that will be here today. Um, you, you know, just we miss it. And he said, you know, and, and I haven't been in such a long time. And, and I just wish I knew 
what God thought about me. And so he kind of articulated one good thing and kind of a half thing that he thought about God. And, and I simply just kind of, I said, hey, listen, okay, so let me ask you a different question. What do you know about Jesus? He said, oh man, I know this about Jesus. And he started mentioning a thing or two and, and, and kind of started picking up some momentum in his face and his countenance began to change a little bit. And he got a little bit excited. And, 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 and here's what I said. I said, hey, so here's the deal. Whatever you think and what you know about Jesus is the same about God. Are you with me there? You see, what, 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 what you think and what you know about Jesus, whether you've experienced it or whether you've, you've been taught that, listen, listen, those things are the same thing about God. And it got me to thinking about a passage that, that, that I think fits in perfectly when it comes to this idea of no need to Google. There's no need to Google what God is like. You see, in the book of John, chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, the word of the Lord says this. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Let me just stop right there this morning. For someone that might be listening today that is searching for what the meaning of life is all about, or for someone that's listening here today that feels like there is no way out of this darkness that I find myself in right now, oh, I'm telling you, you're in a prime environment today for the light to intersect your life and change you. You see, this one that I'm talking about today is the one who gives life. He's the one who knows what real life is all about. And I'm telling you, you're in his presence right now. And his name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. Verse 5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. You know what's necessary for darkness to prevail? It's for the light to refuse to shine right? Darkness has no dominion over light. It doesn't. Even with the eclipse a couple of weeks ago, could you not still see some light? And although we thought that it was, no, there was still light present and the darkness wasn't around too long, was it? The light shines. Drop down to verse 10. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. I don't, do I have verse 13? Yes. They are reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And so the word became human. And made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the father's one and only son. And his name is what church? You see I was reminded in my conversation this week. In trying to explain who God was to a gentleman that really wanted to know. And as I was remembering all that I knew about God and, 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 trend, and, and quickly transferring my thought towards Jesus. I was reminded that God came to us in that person, that man by the name of Jesus. 
You see, this morning, if you really want to know what God is like, look to Jesus because Jesus shows us who God is. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Wouldn't you have loved to live in the time in which Jesus walked the face of the earth? Would that not be incredible? Wouldn't you just love to sit maybe when he was preaching at the Sermon on the Mount? Wouldn't you have loved to have been in, 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 in that environment on that day? Hey, would you not have loved to have been in an environment in which you saw Jesus raise a dead man or give a blind man his sight? Wouldn't you have loved to have been there when Jesus got torqued off in the temple? turned over tables and he, he told the religiously you know what made Jesus mad because they were keeping people from coming to the to God they were hindering people from coming to God hey church may we never be that that we hinder people from coming to know who God is but wouldn't you have loved to be, wouldn't you have loved to have been there the fish and chips day little boys lunch and you got to eat wouldn't you have loved, I mean, there are so many things. I, 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 there's so many times in my personal life that I wish I just would have been there when Jesus was walking on this earth. Would have had this clear picture as to, to who God is. In fact, I'm reminded in, 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 in John chapter 14, just a few chapters over from where we started, Philip in verse eight said to Jesus one day, said, Lord, would you show us the Father and then we will be satisfied. There are still a lot of people, I think, in our culture today that are still looking to who God is when all the while he's being put on display. You, you can find him and see him if you'll just look and be open Right? You'll find him. But that's what Philip's asking here in, in verse 8. Verse 9, Jesus says, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. There it is. Hey, Philip, listen. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Listen, Philip, the words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. <laughs> Jesus reminding Philip, hey, listen, bro, listen. If you've seen me, if you've heard me, you've seen God and you've heard God. I wanted that gentleman to understand that this week. You know, I think there are times in all of our lives in which we hear the words of Jesus and we have the same collective thought. that What on the earth is he talking about? I'm sure that, that there, there, you know, there, there were times in which Jesus taught and, and they were a little confused, didn't understand what, really what he was saying. I don't think that we're alone when we think, I wonder what God's trying to say to me in this moment or this situation or, or what does he mean by that? I don't think we're alone in those times. I, I, I wonder what the disciples oftentimes were, were thinking when they, when they heard Jesus teach. Did, 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 did they have the same thought? I don't know exactly where he's going with this one, but, but what does he mean? In John chapter three, Jesus kind of quoted it here from, from that experience that he had with Nicodemus. How can a man be born again? Remember that? Can a man enter his mother's womb and be born physically? I'm not talking about a physical birth there. I'm talking about a spiritual birth. I'm talking about being reborn, right? But seriously, wouldn't you just wonder? I'm sure sometimes they were like, what is that all about? But I love it here in John chapter 14 that, that Jesus makes this astounding claim. He says that anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Hey, hey, for those of you wondering who God is and what he looks like and, and still don't have a clear picture, Jesus said, hey, listen, listen, I want you to know something. I am, I am representing him and what you see here is who he is. 
This God that you worship who, who is far off, hey, listen, you need to know he's come near. He's here with you right now. In fact, he's nearer than, than, than you would have ever imagined. If you want to know what God is like, I think Jesus was saying, hey, listen, in, in, in essence, I want you to watch me. You see, what Jesus was doing while he was here on earth, Jesus was putting God on display. And so if, if you want to know what God is like, watch Jesus. Do, do you want to see, do you want to know today how, how God would love or show compassion? Then, then watch how Jesus does it. If you want to see what God is like in action, if you want to see what God is like when, when tough times come or when circumstances happen that, 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 are, that are hard, hey, listen, just look and see how Jesus would respond. You see, in Jesus, the invisible God is made visible. Now, that has profound ramifications for us today. That's the conversation that, 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 that began to, 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 to have me thinking about what does it have to do in light of where we're at today and what we're experiencing in our culture? If, if Jesus, while he was here on earth, was the one that was putting God on display, then, then here's what that means for us. We, since we have Christ in us, are now the ones today that are put God on display for the world to see. Uh, did, did I lose you there? If Jesus came to be the living demonstration as to what God was like, and if it was through the actions and the attitudes and the words that Jesus demonstrated or said that people got a clearer picture as to who God, check this, guess who that falls on today? It's you and I. Do, do we not say that, that once a person asks Christ to come into their life, that the Holy Spirit is deposited there? You, you, you see, in essence, we are little Christs. We, we have the Spirit of Christ living within us. And, and, and although Jesus is physically not present here on earth today, or is he? He still is being made known through the lives of those who have called upon the name of the Lord and are safe. You see, we are to put God on display for the world to see. That's what I've loved about this week. Time and time again, in the midst of all the destruction and hard stories, we are seeing mankind rise up and do the things, let's be honest, that God's been wanting us to do from the very beginning. We are seeing demonstrations and acts of love and kindness and heroism that has been on God's heart from the very beginning. It's interesting to me that just three weeks ago from this very platform, I prayed that God, would you help us break the racial tension and, and help us fight against the bigotry in our country? You remember that? And that's a very real deal. And we, Listen, it starts with us. It starts with us. And what we've seen being demonstrated this week is God's heart towards mankind. Are you with me today? How does God want us to treat people? Don't look at what happened in Virginia or other parts of our country with the fighting and the hatred. And that's not how God wants us to respond to each other and treat people. 
But yet what you see being demonstrated time and time again this week, people running into battle, fighting, joining human chains across raging waters to deliver people to safety. Everyone working together. You see, that's what Jesus is inviting us as his followers to do, to put God on display for the whole world to see. He wants you to do that at home. I love what Billy Graham said years ago. He said, the hardest place for you to live for for Jesus is in your home. It's so true, isn't it? Because the people that you live with know the real you. They know the real you. You can walk outside your home and fake it. You can put you know, facade on and you can fool some people. But listen, listen, God wants you to put Christ on display in the home in which you live. You know that, right? He wants you to put Christ on display where you go to work. Hey, students, listen, at school, check this out. God wants to use you to give other people a clearer picture as to who he is and what he's like. Wherever you go in all that you do. The question though is this, are we putting God on display for the world to see? How are you doing with that? Not everybody has to stand on a platform or have a title of a pastor or or a missionary or or whatever in order to put Christ on display. You know that, right? But how are you doing when it comes to putting him on display for the world to see? If, If people were to watch you, would they get a better sense as to what God is like? The people that listen to the words that come out of your mouth, Are you giving them a better picture as to who God is? Hey, moms and dads, are your kids getting a clearer understanding as to to who God is and how Jesus loves them through the actions that you demonstrate in the home? Are you painting a healthy marriage picture for them? Dads, are you raising up those young boys to show them how to treat a lady right now? Or what are they seeing in your life? Hey, when it comes to your finances and to the possessions and all those things that God has blessed you with, come on, you know that's from him, right? How are they seeing you show honor and use your stuff, his stuff, for kingdom advancement? How are they? What are you showing them is more important? What are you showing to them is important? I I, I love uh, in in, in Acts chapter 4, we, 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 we find some, some, some men, specifically in Acts 4, that are mentioned that, that I believe are putting Christ on display in an incredible way. Um, um, in Acts chapter 4, P- Peter and John ha- have been arrested. The, the, the church is birthed. It's exploding. It's growing. The apostles are, are, are performing many signs and wonders, miracles. All of those things are done not so that people would think that they are awesome and powerful, but again, just as Jesus was directing people towards God, God was working through these apostles to perform these things to point people as to the great God in heaven, right? And in John chapter 4, we find that, 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 that Peter and John have, have been arrested and they find themselves in front of, of the high council, the, the, the legal system of the day. And, and I love in Acts chapter 4, it says that when they, when they saw the boldness of, of Peter and John, that they could see that, that these were just ordinary men. These were not men, it says, that had gone to, to seminary. They were not trained in some deep theological institution. 
They, they, these were, 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 were not men that, 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 that Googled and were part of some 12-week quick leadership study by you know, some, some incredible leader guru in, in, in their current culture. No, these were just ordinary men with no special training in Scripture is what God's Word says. But I love what it says at the end of verse 13. It says that they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Can I ask you a question today? If your closest friends were to walk in this room and one by one I were to ask them, hey, I want you to tell me about them, would they characterize you as someone who had been with Jesus? Would you be known as that? The people that are watching us, would they describe us? Would people actually be describing who God is by what they are observing through the life that we live? That would be truly amazing, would it not? To be known as, hey, I'm not some big executive here, or I'm not just a, a stay-at-home mom, or I'm not just a doctor, or hey, I'm not just a, the, a, a football coach, or, or hey, I'm not just a, a, you know, a, a PTO mom or dad or whatever. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be known that, you know what, man, I, the only thing I know is I can just tell you that is someone right there that's eat up with Jesus, and he just oozes out of all their pores. Come on, somebody. Either this is convicting or y'all are bored right now and don't believe a word I'm saying because you're like this. I'm hoping it's the first one. Wouldn't it be great if people were to look back years ago, if they brought back the Encyclopedia Britannicus or if years from now they Googled. I don't know what it's gonna be called years from now, but would it not be great if what was recorded about our current culture, this church, your life, if people say, you know what? Those people, I'm telling you, I've never seen God, but I've seen him through them. I saw the way they loved people. Red and yellow, black and white. They are, you know it. I saw the way that, 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 that they served. I saw the love and compassion that they demonstrated. I saw them rise up, not just when a hurricane pounded the Texas coast. I just saw them taking care of people. And I'm telling you, I think that's what God's like. They just eat up with some Jesus. You see, we are the representation of Jesus today, right? We are to put Christ on display. We're to help those in need. We're to respond. And that's what I've loved to see this week of people responding and doing, doing little things. I love what Pastor Robert said and what we've been kind of hopefully sharing with you this week. Hey, listen, don't wait for us to respond. Come on, listen. You've got the power within you. The Spirit is going to prompt you to respond and do this. That's what it was with little Olivia Hall, a little seven-year-old this week that stood outside, with the, outside her house with a sign with a couple of her little friends, the Ortiz girls, right? So that was like, hey, listen, we want to help those that have lost. So disaster relief. And she gathered just over $155. She, she, she won hula hooping contest or walk-a-thon. No, she said, hey, who wants to respond and help? She's just doing what she could. She's just doing what she could. Dad brought in today a little, little Ziploc baggie full of some cash. Said, hey, this is to go help. It's little things like, why did Olivia Hall do that? Because I think in, as a seven-year-old, she understands and knows that's probably the heartbeat of Jesus. 
She'd do something like that. Right? We're Christ. We're to put him on display for other people to see. Would you be known as someone, as Peter and John were known in Acts chapter 4, as someone who had been with Jesus? Hey, you know what my prayer is for us? My challenge is to you. Don't force people to Google Jesus. Why don't you show him personally? Somebody were to ask you, hey, what is God like? Or what is Jesus? Hey, listen, they, don't, don't you say, hey, Google it. Come on. Let them say, hey, he is right here. Now, I'm not Jesus, but, but hopefully what you've seen in my life, right, Brian? Hopefully what you're seeing in me is what Jesus would be like. And how might that change our culture? Come on. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but there'd be hundreds of hands in this room today and watching online. If I said, hey, how many of you know Jesus? Many of you would raise your hand. You would. Put him on display. Let him out. Our culture needs to see him. They, they need to see the true picture. They need to experience the true experience of Jesus being present in our culture today. And that falls on us. <laughs> no pressure there, right? Wow. Don't force people to Google it. No, no, no need to go look it up and research it. It's, it's being presented right here. Let's talk. Let's talk. We, 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 we've challenged you that, you know, you cannot delegate this one responsibility. We started here in Deuteronomy 6. As parents, you can't delegate this responsibility of helping your kids fall in love with the Lord. Moms and dads, out of all the things that you're talking, out of all the things that you're demonstrating in your home, are, are, you, are you teaching your children how to fall in love with the Lord? Are you? Are we more concerned with growth charts or eating healthy or, or getting the, the first place trophy? Or, or are we really counting on and helping our kids grasp what's most important? The Shema, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind, right? We've talked about that. We've talked about how God wants to speak to us. How he wants us to know what he's saying. God is not playing some game of cosmic hide and seek from you today. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to know what he's saying. You just have to make time to listen. We, we, we've talked about how, how we need to have a heart. We need to care for people last Sunday's message. And we talked about how, how any effective sharing of the gospel has to always begin with, with a God-given burden. Hey, listen, does your heart hurt for what's going on in our culture today? Does it really? Does it hurt? You see, we've got to, have, we've got to be burdened. We, we, we have to really care that there are people that are lost and don't know who Jesus is before we could ever do anything about it. And, and I, I'm just wondering if we really care for lost people. Man, I'm saved. I've asked Jesus Christ into my life. Whew. You know, I, I'm just going to pray that God would send somebody else for them. Come on. 
It's what I've loved about this week. I've seen these small acts, not small acts, big acts of the new Texas Armada rolling into to, to the flooded areas. I, I, I've seen guys on videos this week, you know, chainsaw masters. We need to start a new TV show. These guys that are going down, I, I've seen ladies going in and, and, and holding the hand of, a, of another lady who, who, who just pilfering through whatever's left of a, what used to be called her home, finding whatever they can. I've seen that. Seen human beings rising up and taking care of one another. Cody, this is not hard. It's what we've always been called to do. got to have a God-given burden. Do we care? Do we really care? Let's talk. Let's get back to the art of conversation. I want to ask you if you do something with me. I want to ask you to stand this morning. And this is, this may be a little weird for some of you, but, but do it anyway. Because we've locked the gate and you're not leaving until you do this. Amen. No, I want you to, I want you to, if you're not sitting with your family, I want you to, to make sure you as a family are together right now in this moment. So be, get with your family right now. And I want you to join hands as a family. And if you're here today and you're the only one in your family, hey, just kind of look around. And if you see somebody that looks good, join their family. And then ask them, tell them that you don't have plans for lunch and you're available. And then make them take you, right? And you need help with paying for college. Whatever, just... But I want you to grab your family members. And here's what I want you to, and here's what I want, you, I want us to pray as families that, that we would get back to communicating more. That we would begin to focus once again on those things that are most important. That we would have a heart for people and respond to people like Jesus would. I want you to pray that in your circle. And here's how I want us to do that. I'm going to ask the leader in each one of these handheld circles to pray that prayer. You know who the leader in those circles are? It's the man in that circle right now. Out loud, 30 seconds. Let's pray. Go. Father, we thank you for being a God who communicates. And God, you've communicated clearly. You came, you lived amongst us. You've given us a, a, a written word from you called the Bible. And God, you're still speaking to us through the demonstrations of people that are filled with the Holy Spirit that are putting Jesus on display. God, I pray that we would get back to the art of conversation. God, in our home, you would be spoken of more than any sporting event outcome or weather pattern or, or anything we see on the news. No, we're going to talk about Jesus. As for me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. Absolutely. God, I pray that there'd be no mistaking that the people that we interact with, whether that be at work or at school or on an athletic field or in a, in a checkout line. God, I pray that there would be no mistaking when they look at us and say, hey, you know what? I think you're someone that loves Jesus. I could just sense it. Oh, would that not be the greatest thing that could be said of us? God, I pray that we would have a, a burden for those that are perishing without a Savior. God, I pray that we would care for those that are hurting and that, God, we would run to those situations and reach out with the love and the compassion 
of a great God in heaven. God, use us. Father, I know that today in a room this size that there are people here today that are hurting, that has some very real needs and concerns. God, that's why we're gonna stay up here out front today and, and just make ourselves available to pray with and encourage those. Lord, maybe they've not lived through, through a, 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 a Hurricane Harvey, but, but God, there is a storm that's brewing in their personal life today. And God, maybe there's someone here today that, that, that could just use a word of encouragement, use, use a, a scripture, use just a prayer that, that just might be exactly what they need to, to help them face the storm that's raging in their life right now. And God, we stand here ready today to come alongside of them because we care. We care. God, use us this week as we leave this place. Father, would you open our eyes, let us be aware, show us ways that we can step out and put Jesus on display, not for our glory, but for yours alone. We give that to you now. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Everybody said, amen. Thank you guys so much. You are dismissed.